missing out. We have created a platform for not just the simple, mundane ins and outs of church life, but there is also, if you open up the app, you would find at the bottom of the screen, so you can't see it, so I don't know why I'm showing it to you, but at the bottom of the screen, there's a, a tab called Groups, and if you click on that, there are two different groups, small groups, available right now. Mine only show two, so I need to get better acquainted. Uh, weekly family devotions is one, and you have to ask to join to be a member of those groups. Um, but there is already in weekly family devotions four devotions that are already uploaded for the month of January 2021. We're going to take time with our families, learning, studying, becoming better acquainted with the, the things of God and the Word of God. Under the Spiritual Disciplines group are the Bible reading charts. Those are also posted there, as well as we have paper charts up here for those who would prefer paper. Uh, there is also the daily prayer chart that has been uploaded there as well. And when you see that, you're going to find a small space for each day for you to record the, the amount of time that you prayed. And then underneath that, a larger space where you can take what you've experienced in your daily prayer time, describe it in one or two words, write it down, and keep track of what God speaks to you through prayer. Uh, those who have talked to me about prayer, you've heard me preach or teach about prayer, I do recommend keeping track of what God speaks to you and keeping a prayer journal. That's, that's just a little introduction to a prayer journal. So those great resources are out there, and I'm looking forward to what God is going to do in 2021. And I know you're still standing, and that's okay. I'll be standing the rest of the service, so bear with me. Uh, everybody say January 29th and 31st. The 31st is a fifth Sunday, so we will only have one service that Sunday at 11 o'clock. But January 29th, Reverend Zane Wells from Coleman, Alabama, and his family are going to be with us in revival that weekend. And uh, we're going to have revival service that Friday night, the 29th, at 7 o'clock, as well as Sunday morning on the 31st. And uh, there are going to be some other great things happening that weekend. And uh, I'm excited about what God's doing. I am excited. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 1 says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. 
For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. The New Living Translation puts verse 2 this way. It says, Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. We're going to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost, the taste of dust. The taste of dust dust. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory tonight for you alone are worthy. You are worthy in the midst of turmoil. You are worthy in the midst of abundance. You are worthy in the midst of famine. You are worthy Every morning, every evening, whether the sun is shining or the rain is falling or the clouds cover the sky. God, you are worthy of our praise and we have come tonight to give you praise. We have come tonight to celebrate your goodness. We have come tonight to celebrate your greatness. And God, I pray that your will would be done in each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You can be seated this evening. The taste of dust. We are going to do our very absolute best to, to end this year with a Holy Ghost explosion. Isaiah 52 and verses 1 and 2, the prophet Isaiah is continuing, continuing his plea for the city of Jerusalem to awaken. Uh, awaken out of spiritual slumber, to awaken out of a backslidden state. He is calling upon the city of Jerusalem, and he's trying to provoke them. He's trying to get them to stir in the spirit. He's trying to get them to rise out of their condition. He says, awake, awake. He's trying to awaken them to righteousness and their true place in God. You see, there are many times that we come into the church and we come into the house of God, the sanctuary, and we come in with the intent to do our time and we come in with the intent to experience the presence of God, but so many times and so often we forget our natural and spiritual place. We tend to, not because we're bad people, not because we're backsliding, but it is our natural tendency to err toward the side of who we are in the world. But Isaiah is trying to provoke the people of God. He's trying to provoke the city of Jerusalem to arise into newness of life, to, to arise into their 
calling to arise into their identity in God, not their natural state, but they are, he's trying to get them to arise to their spiritual identity, their spiritual state. And he tells them, shake thyself from the dust. Webster defines dust as fine particles of matter. The particles into which something disintegrates. It defines dust as something that is worthless. It even goes as far to describe dust as something, or a a state rather, of humiliation. It speaks of dust as the surface of the ground describes dust as being able to be gathered into a cloud. It it speaks of dust as confusion and disturbance. And so if you have lived any length of time, you have experienced this pesky byproduct called dust. One scientific article puts the matter of dust this way. They say that dust can seem to appear out of nowhere sometimes after you've just finished cleaning. Though fighting dust can feel like a never-ending battle, it's one that is worth fighting. Dust is essentially a combination of particles from both indoors and outdoors that floats in the air and settles onto surfaces. In a 2010 article in Time magazine, one professor uh, at the University of Arizona comments and says that dust is a hodgepodge of all sorts of things. It would probably be impossible to make a list of all the possible items in which dust can contain. A study conducted by that professor found that the specific dust mix in any household differs according to climate, according to the age of the house, the number of people that live in the house, not to mention the occupant's cooking, cleaning, and even smoking habits. They say that the majority of household dust comes, about 60% comes from the outside, through windows, through doors, through vents and significantly on the soles of your shoes. Though this professor's research is nearly a decade old, no recent studies have found error in her findings. Uh, What this tells us is that it's not just having dust in our homes that matters, but what the dust itself is made of. And so they take a look at some of the common components of dust. Isn't this exciting? Pollen, soil and particulate matter. 60% household dust comes from the outside. Pollen, a well-known allergen, can come inside on your shoes, on your clothes, and even in your hair. As you move through your home, you're spreading the pollen, which then floats in the air and settles onto surfaces. It's also true of soil, particulate matter from smoking 
and any other outdoor contaminants you can think of. Another item found in dust is a microscopic pest called a dust mite. It occurs naturally and thrives in humid environments. Even if your home isn't abnormally warm or damp, it's likely that you have dust mites hiding out on your bedding, your carpet. You guys getting the answer yet? And your curtains, since dust is made up of things like pet dander and, yes, even dead skin. Some of dust mites' favorite snacks. The more dust you have, the more dust mites you have. Another common ingredient in this gross topic called dust is pet dander. The tiny flecks of skin that animals shed is another common allergen found in dust. Even if you don't have a pet of your own, people coming into your home could have pet dander on their clothing. And when pet dander gets into the air and settles, it collects dust and dust mites, encouraging the problem. It is a common misconception that dust is mostly dead skin particles. While it's true that dust can and often does contain dead skin, it's usually not as big a percentage as people think. Aren't you relieved? Food debris. If you've ever eaten a meal, in your living room, you know how easy it is to spill crumbs. If you were to sweep up that food debris immediately, you wouldn't have much of a problem. However, all too often, small food particles are dropped and forgotten, making them a natural component of dust. Now, hold on to your hats. Because another component in this gross topic of dust is insects and insect droppings. The body parts and fecal matter of insects, especially cockroaches, are commonly found in dust. If you happen to be allergic to cockroaches, this could aggravate allergic reactions. I don't know if I'm allergic or not, but I sure don't like them. They are not picky about which homes they infest. So even if your house is spotless, these pests can enter from their outside environment, the neighbor's house, especially if you live in an apartment, or can be brought in through the plumbing. But be encouraged. There are things you can do to get rid of dust in your home, believe it or not. The first thing you can do is throw away your old feather duster and use a damp cloth to dust. You can clean from the top to the bottom instead of from the bottom to the top. You can change your bedding weekly. You can clean and dust your electronics. You can refuse to wear shoes in your home. You can keep the humidity levels low. You can change your air filters. You can groom your pets. You can declutter. You can uh, be involved with pest control. You can keep the air circulating. All of those things can keep the dust down. But I'm not even here tonight to preach about natural dust, but we use those things to lay a foundation of some things that have happened in 2020. The Bible speaks very specifically about this thing called dust. It can 
get in your eyes. It can get in your mouth. It can get in your hair. It can get in your home. It can begin to aggravate. It can begin to agitate. There's something uh, that begins to correlate between the natural dust and spiritual dust. We've gone through a year that started out with promise. It started out with, oh, I'm going to have 20-20 vision. I'm going to see everything perfectly. And boy, then life just came along and slapped that idea right out of your head. There was dust that began to cloud the vision it was as we moved from promise to hardship. And then we had to adjust and we had to move and, and we had to adjust things and we had to grow and, and we had to stretch. All of us had to stretch and we had to pursue different avenues that we could take in order to share the word of God, in order to feed the flock of God, in order to be spiritually sound. And, and you've heard me say it before. You'll hear me say it again. There's just some, you, you cannot get digitally what you can out of a church service like you can while you're sitting in a church pew while you're standing and while you're clapping and while you're shouting but 2020 has it's caused some dust to gather in and if you were to do some more research and I, I did but I didn't include it for sake of time then you'll find that there is dust clouds and there are movements of dust that, that travel even from uh, the continent of Africa through the Caribbean and from Africa to the Caribbean and then to the United States it can be here in five Five to seven days. Dust gathers and dust moves. And, and we started off with promise. And we started off with high hopes. And we started off, and I saw countless conferences and countless meetings and, and countless revivals with all taglining this 2020 vision. And what they didn't understand at the time is that 2020 was going to batter your vision. 2020 was going to take your vision and run it through the mud. 2020 was going to cloud your vision. But I've come to on this last Wednesday night of 2020 this last church service that we're going to have together and I'm going to tell you that if you've ever been a hard working person who's worked out in the, in, the, in the elements and you've probably got dust in your mouth you've got dust in your eyes you've got dust in your hair you know it can be distracting you know it can be bothersome but you've also learned how to shake the dust off of your body you've learned how to wipe your eyes. You learn how to clean your glasses. You learn how to shake the dust off. And I've come to let hell know that what you meant for evil, the Lord has turned to good. And even in the midst of a pandemic, we didn't end with the promise. We didn't end with the hardship. We didn't end with the stretching. But we experienced blessing. We experienced restoration. We experienced healing. We've experienced growth. We've experienced an overcoming attitude we've become the sons and the daughters of God we're ending this year with hope we're ending this year with courage we're ending this year with grit we walked through 2020 with the taste of dust in our mouths Say, well, pastor, I'm just over here doing my own business. Just over here minding my own. Yeah, but you had the windows up. If you've ever lived in a, on the outskirts of town, 
Have you ever lived next to a farm field? Then you know that the dust from even harvest can roll across the horizon, blown by the wind. And if your windows are open, it will come into your house uninvited. Say, well, it was it, 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 there was a, a dust storm, a sandstorm, and, and those things happen, but there can also be dust, and there can also be a cloudiness that happens even from harvest. And if I, I, I've sold screen rooms to people before, and, and they call back and they say, you know, we want to add windows to this screen room because it just collects dust. We've built screen rooms and we've gone back and replaced them and put windows in because dust can get into every cook, uh, every crook, every cranny, every crevice. It can find places that you cannot get it out. And we walked through 2020 while we were minding our own business, while we were pushing forward in the kingdom. We were trying to do things to the best of our ability and dust began to blow in. But we've come tonight and let me remind you that you made it. Let me remind you that you're still standing. But I believe that something that has begun to happen and something can happen in your spirit. Something can begin to take place in your heart. Something can begin to take place in your mind. Something can begin to take place in your home. Where you say, you know what? I got the taste of dust in my mouth, but I refuse to allow it to drive me away from the things of God. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to get a drink of water and I'm going to swallow the dust and I'm going to let it make in me some grit. It's put some grit into some of you that you wouldn't have gotten any other way. I don't like the dust. I don't like the hardship. Neither did Joseph. But the Bible said that the iron went into that man's soul. It was more than just the iron, the steel that was on his wrist that clad his ankles. It was more than just chains that held him to a wall. There was something that began to happen as he tasted the dankness of that prison, the darkness of that dungeon as he felt the cold iron against his skin and the taste of the dust of his tribulation in his mouth that it began to get into his soul and he said you know what if I get out of here I'm going to be stronger than I've ever been before CLT let me preach to you tonight we're stronger for 2020 than we were before I said we're stronger now than we were before. How do I respond to the dust? Pastor, I don't like the taste of dust. Neither do I. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 14, Jesus was sending his disciples out to do the work of the kingdom. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, sometimes it's going to be on a small scale. 
Sometimes you're going to be trying to work on a family. Sometimes you're going to be trying to help a couple. But if they won't hear, if they refuse, and then sometimes you're going to be trying to start a work. Sometimes you're going to be trying to push forward a work in an entire city. He said, so don't, it doesn't matter whether it's on a large scale or on a small scale. You've got to learn how to respond to the dust of that situation. You've got to learn how to respond to the dust of that circumstance. He said, if they won't hear you, if they won't receive you, then when you get to the outside of that town, honey, you need to, you need to shake the dust off of your feet I'm telling you tonight that there's been some things that we've gone through this year that we've had to swallow and our swallowing made us stronger our swallowing made us better it put grit in us but there are also some things that we need to bring to an altar tonight and we need to shake off we need to shake the dust off of our feet and we need to say you know what we're doing we're moving forward It was a symbolic act. He said, I'm leaving this place. This place is unclean. I've been through some things. And instead of dwelling on it, I'm shaking it off. I got the taste of dust in my mouth. But you won't find the residue of the dust upon my feet. I'm going to learn how to swallow it. I'm going to learn how to, how to take it in, how to let the Spirit digest it. But it's not going to taint the words that I speak. You're not going to hear the residue of the dust upon my words in 2021. You're not going to see the residue of the circumstance every place I put my foot because I'm shaking the dust off. I refuse to let that situation taint everywhere else I walk. But I'm making up my mind. I'm going to shake the dust off. I'm moving forward. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop talking about how many times I felt like giving up. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Because I don't want that coming with me. Because then every time I think about it, every time I say it, it's going to bring me back to that point. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop talking about every time I've ever failed. I'm going to stop talking about every time I messed up. Every time I fell short. Every time I wish I could go back and change. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shake the dust off. Whether it was from somebody else or whether it was a situation that I created on my own. I'm shaking the dust off. I'm rinsing my mouth. I'm moving forward. It's time to awake. It's time to awake. Our opening scripture, Isaiah 52. He said, Awake. Awake. Double emphasis. Put on thy strength, O Zion. O Jerusalem. The holy city. Verse 2 Shake thyself from the dust. When you begin to read verse 1 and verse 2 
in context. Uh, and he's saying, put on your beautiful garments. It's almost as if he's saying, you know what? You need to take off those old garments. You need to hang them up, up on the clothesline. You need to grab that, root, that broom, and you need to whip the dust off of those things. I'll never forget, as a kid, sitting in the church that my parents pastor, there's a window on the west side of the building, and on Wednesday evenings or Sunday nights, I'd be sitting there watching the sun come through that window. You see the little particles of dust floating through the air. And I thought, man, that's really cool. That's so cool you can see that. Until, Sister Angie, somebody said, you know, those dust particles are still there even when the sun's not shining through. It's not cool anymore. You know, for a while, the dust feels good. For a while, the dust looks good. For, the while, for a while, the dust gets me the attention that I'm desiring. Gets me the attention I'm craving. When the sun shines through, man, you can really see the dust in my life. You know what needs to happen? You need to take off the old garment, hang it up on the clothesline, and beat the devil out of it. Change your clothes. Shake thyself from the dust. The old Hebrew word for shake there literally means to shake out or to shake off. It means to stir up. When you look at that in the New Testament, you look at Paul talking to Timothy and he's saying, hey, dude, stir up the gift that's within you. Shake the dust off of it. And Isaiah, the Arabic word, means to boil, to be in a violent commotion, to be very angry. There's some action that's involved with shaking the dust off. It's almost as if Isaiah is trying to provoke Jerusalem to the point where he's saying it's time to get angry about the circumstance. You've been sitting in the dust for too long. It's time to get up. It's time to shake it off. It's time to change your clothes, to put on your beautiful garment, and to remember who you are in God. I'm here to preach to you tonight what we've gone through in 2020. We've gone through some places where we've shaken the dust off, and we're not ending in dust, sir. We're not ending in dust, ma'am. We're ending with a beautiful garment of praise, where the spirit of heaviness once dwelled We've got joy. We've got strength. We've got hope. We've got courage. Another variation of that word in Isaiah 52 is used like when a locust is shaken out of the fold of a garment. It's just kind of tucked in there, and it's nice and quiet. It's dark. It feels secure. There's a little security blanket wrapped around him. And somebody comes along. <clears throat> Starts beating out the folds of the garment. And for a minute, it feels like that locust is getting ready to lose everything. It feels like he's on his way to death. He's helplessly falling. 
But what the locust needs to understand is that he's not just helplessly falling, he's actually being set free. He's actually finding more freedom than he found tucked into the fold of that little garment, of that little security blanket. Oh, but I don't want to be stretched. We didn't want to be stretched the way we were stretched in 2020. But we've been set free. We know who we are. God's not forsaken us. We're moving forward. We're launching into the deep. And let it give you some grit. Let it be an opportunity to become better, not bitter. And choose to move forward. Taste of dust. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, chapter 3, verse 13 Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. If you don't get anything else, get this one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. What I want to become, well, then you've got to understand that you're going to have to give up what was. Then you've got to understand you're getting ready to leave a life that you were comfortable with. But if you can only remember one thing, forget those things which are behind and reach forward, reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're marching out of 2020 and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I want to be who you've called me to be. I want to go where you called me to go. The taste of dust has not made me bitter. It's made me better. It's given me some grit. It's helped me see that I'm stronger than what I thought I was. It's brought to the forefront. Taste. That I'm not fond of. I don't much like the taste of oppression. I don't much like the taste of depression. I don't like the taste of tyranny. It's bitter. It's not even semi-sweet. I don't like the taste of fear. It's been a dust in my mouth. And the more I've chewed on it, the more angry I've become until I've made up my mind. You know what? If the church is the only one standing, then God let everybody else see a beacon of hope, a beacon of strength, a beacon of joy, a beacon of refuge. Acts 13. Verse 47. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, 
that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Verse 51. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. But how can that be after they were run out of the city, after they uh, were run out from the calling of God, after they were trying to do the work of God and things got hot and things got heavy? It happened because they learned how to shake the dust off of their feet. These Jewish rejectors looked for well-known men and women leaders of the city to persecute Paul and Barnabas. However, these disciples shook the dust off of their shoes as the word of God was published throughout the entire region. You see, they refused to let the circumstance dictate their joy. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. They shook the dust off. They could have chosen, you know what? It didn't work here, so we're just going to go back to Jerusalem with our tails tucked between our legs, and we're just going to wait, and we're going to let somebody else deal with it, and I'm going to give up ministry. I'm not going else. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to go teach another Bible study, but the taste of dust had put a grit inside their spirit, put a grit inside their soul that said, I'm not going to let this one situation, I'm not going to let this one circumstance dictate to me my future. I'm moving on, and I'm moving on with joy. I'm moving on full of the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to get a revelation tonight of the joy and the power of the Holy Ghost. Musicians, come help me. I'm almost done. Book of Acts again in 18. Verse 1, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. Paul came unto them. Because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. In other words, he worked. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Here you find Aquila and Priscilla who have been forced to move out of Rome because of their ethnicity. But they found themselves in Corinth. And we find Paul attaching himself to them. Not because of their religion, but because of their occupation. 
He's teaching on the Sabbaths. The rest of the week, he's working with them. He's earning his keep. He's imparting to them. And when Silas and Timotheus were come, I'm sorry, in verse 4, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment. He said, you know what? I had to do it with my shoes and Iconium. I'm shaking my raiment now. I'm not going to let that negativity get on me. I'm not going to let your belief or lack thereof dictate my walk with God. And said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I'm clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. That one simple action did not remove Paul from the ministry. That one circumstance did not drive him away. Iconium didn't drive him away. And what was going on here in Corinth did not drive him away. But he said, you know what? If you don't want it, I'll shake my raiment. If you don't want it, I'll shake the dust off of my and I'll go find somebody that does. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice. One that worshipped God whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians Hearing, believe, and were baptized. Because Paul refused to let the circumstance dictate the productivity of his ministry. He said, you know what? I'll shake the dust off now like I did then. I know you've been through it and you've had to shake the dust off before but I'm telling you if you'll do it one more time God's not done God's not done God's not done look what happens Premier Study Bible puts it this way it says every great war has a moment that turns the momentum this was Corinth in the spiritual battle for Rome I'm sorry, the spiritual battle for Europe. Battles were still to be fought, but victory would never be doubted again. History now reflects that some 10% of the Roman Empire converted to Christianity over the next 300 years. The entirety of the Roman Empire now, don't you find it ironic that Aquila and Priscilla were from Rome, were driven out, but because the man of God said, I'll just shake the dust off of my feet. I don't have to be in Rome to win Rome. 
I don't have to be in Rome to win Rome, but I'll win an entire 10% of the entirety of the Roman Empire. And Corinth was the hinge. Some believe that there were upwards of 80,000 members in the church at Corinth. The key was the preaching of the gospel and the fact that Paul would not let the Jews badgering stop him. But the door became open for the Gentiles. The simple act of Paul going to the house of justice, shaking his garment and saying, I know that the situation is not ideal, but I'm not giving up and I'm not giving in. I'm coming out of 2020 stronger. I'm coming out with some grit that I didn't have before. I'm coming out with some boldness in the Holy Ghost that I didn't have before. I wonder if I've got anybody here tonight that would say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going into 2021 and I'm believing that my best days are yet ahead. I'm not defined by the dust, but I'm going to shake it off and I'm moving forward. There's a door of utterance. There's a door of utterance. Shake the dust off. Move forward.